The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. And good evening. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope everybody had a great weekend. And judging from the national map, I hope everybody is staying cool. Well, things are cooking up all over the racing world. We got international news. Uh, the racing has just been superb. Saratoga has been fantastic weather-wise. No gully washers really had a little rain one day for the first race, and that was it. So things have been beautiful there. And then where the surf meets the turf, out at Del Mar. Did you say Del Mar? Yes, the racing opens at Del Mar starting tomorrow. So uh, we will bring in our West Coast expert, not only to look at Del Mar, but of course, uh, the big daddy of them all is the Haskell coming up. A win in your end, top three-year-olds matching strides. And this gentleman will chime in on both of those. He's been with us many times. Rich Ng, the author of Betting on Horse Racing for Dummies. Uh, you can follow Rich on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, you can go check his uh more information out about him on www.racedaylasvegas.com. So he's been helping us out with the whole, all the way through the pandemic. He gave, gave us the pictures of, of, of Vegas, but uh, a lot of Rich's handicapping is concentrated on the West Coast tracks. So we'll ask him a little bit about Del Mar, but really we need to get over to some of the other issues at hand, shall we say. And of course, uh, if uh, we would be talking stallions, the name that would rise right to the top right now in North America would have to be Gunrunner. And we're going to bring in Tom Ham, longtime friend of mine. He's now the director of stallion nominations for Three Chimneys. So I'm sure his phone is ringing, especially when you've got an outstanding stallion like Gunrunner in your backyard. Well, no sooner had Tom booked his interview with us here on Winning Ponies, but the headlines came out, Gun, Rubber, Gun Runner to Cover Mares on Southern Hemisphere Time. Well, right away, my heart went up in my throat because I do not like horses shipping from Kentucky to other parts of the country. The good news is Gun Runner's not going anywhere. He's going to cover them on Southern Hemisphere time, which means what he's saying up at Three Chimneys is, hey, let the party come to me. So they've got to ship the mares up from the Southern Hemisphere countries, and they'll get a chance to have a gun runner baby, whatever country they go back to drop in on their calendar. You know, it's uh, just about uh, six months opposite of ours. Things a little bit different, but this will give them a chance to uh, get to a stallion. Obviously, um, it just wouldn't work the way chronologically things are set up for their foaling program. So anyhow, Tom Ham's going to be on with us and he's going to talk about that now. Let me take a sip of the old H2O. Very important on these hydrating days, folks. Ah. 
because now I want to tell you about my Saturday morning. I was down in Lexington, Kentucky before the sun came up and I walked in to Mercury Equine Training Center. I was invited by Eric Reed to come down. I came down and it was fantastic. I wasn't there 30 seconds. I got grabbed by the arm and it was Kay Reed going, John, how are you? Come on over. I know you're here to see the big guy. And she didn't mean Eric. She meant the big guy, Rich Strike, the Kentucky Derby winner. And he was kind of preoccupied in a stall looking around didn't have much time for me because he was busy watching the other horses tack up, getting ready to go out the first set. Eric was set up in his uh, crow's nest office, balcony, clocker stand, call it what you want, but it overlooks a beautifully manicured half mile track right there next to Spendthrift Farm. It was the old Spendthrift Training Center. And then Richie came out and Boy, what a difference from the horse I saw standing in the stall with a fan on him. And once he got the a rider up and uh, all of a sudden he started getting his macho together and coming out. Still cool as a cucumber, not out of control, but he looked like a different horse. He's got a really intelligent looking eye. So anyhow, Eric let me watch him as he went through his uh, routine that morning. He kind of picked it up a little bit, his I don't know, second or third time around, as you know, Rich strikes a horse that can run all day, and he wanted to on Saturday. The rider did get him pulled up. Looked fantastic. And so, obviously, got to watch him come back, have his bath, graze all the time with my trusty camera. And uh, he turned out to be one very uh, cool horse. Uh, and uh, all I can say is good luck wherever you go. And that wherever you go is most probably the Traverse Stakes at Saratoga, where all those three-year-olds are going to meet for the Midsummer Derby. All right, John, you've introduced your guest in the top stories and your experience on Saturday. Let's get to a little bit of the other news that you have and last week's uh, race results. Of course, uh, the Haskell Stakes is out. We got post positions. It's a field of eight at six to one Cyberknife, seven to five in from the West Coast, Taba. And then it's long shot one time Willard, long shot howling time, King of Hollywood, 30 to one, White Aberario. Now this is getting respect, uh, five to one, second in the Ohio Derby. And then two horses coming out of wins Jack Christopher, who's just been eye popping, and Benavengo. One to watch there, a local guy, but he's a long shot at 20 to one. So it looks like the speedy Jack Christopher against the, we just don't know how good he is, Taba. We'll be talking to Rich Yang more about that race. Uh, don't forget, though, there are really uh, just an amazing card there at Mammoth. Uh, you've also got the, the grade three matchmaker stakes, uh, the Monmouth Cup, Um uh, and uh, the United Nations is a really good race. And that's brought together a great reel. It's a long turf race, but it's a grade one. And then you got the Molly Pitcher and the grade one Haskell. It's a win and you're in. And, of course, there's other ones on the calendar, but that's where we're going to concentrate this week. Also, want to remind everybody what we're talking about, not only the races there, but the races at Saratoga. Pull down the easy win forms. We're already off and running at Saratoga. Just three days ago, a 50-cent pick five paid 1000 
$353. So we are clicking there. Hopefully we'll be clicking at Haskell. Come on over to winningponies.com and check out the easy win forms. All right. Well, uh, Again, uh, let's take a look at what we looked at last week before we get to break. So it all the action started up at Saratoga. Thanks again to Tom Law from the Saratoga Special for joining us. And there is a new girl on the block in the Schuylerville, a extremely well-bred daughter of Triple Crown winner Justifieds, his first crop, his first stakes winner. Just Cindy was game in getting the job done in there over the favorite Summer Promise. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for just Cindy coming out of the Eddie Keneally barn. Then on Friday, Mile, Turp, the Forbidden Apple. You'll be hearing a lot of this upset time. City Man rallied from 12, 7th and paid 26.60 for the win. Uh, in the third spot was one of the favorites, public sector. And in the second spot was a tone. All right. Then on Saturday, uh, we'll start with the, uh, the Sanford. Uh, I love this race. Uh, Two-year-olds with a lot of promise. And it looks like you might want to keep an eye out for another son of Uncle Mo. Mo Strike overlooked at 8-1, to one, put in a nice effort near the front. Brad Cox trainee, Florence Giroux in the saddle. Her mother, Featherbed, was grade one stakes placed up at Saratoga. And how about the Diana Graveyard of Champions? That's right. Bleecker Street can't be beat. Nah, baby, nah. Got beaten wire to wire fashion by in Italian, a British bred wire to wire for Chad Brown. Joel Rosario, he was jockey of the week, and he got the job done on in Italian. Second technical analysis and third was Bleecker Street in his defense uh, he had to uh, uh, rally from last after being bumped and pinched at the start was force five wide but didn't get the job done and the winner was keep an ear out for this four-year-old filly in Italian well uh, we're going to be taking a quick break and when we come back, we're going to be talking to one of my favorite handicappers. He's located out in Las Vegas, and his name is Rich Eng. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades. 
thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to winningponies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at betus.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. And with me now, an old friend and a guy who's been invaluable to us over the last two years. Why do you say that, John? Well, let's go back about two years ago. Remember that little thing called the pandemic? Well, Rich Ng joined us on a regular basis and kind of gave us updates on the the impact that it had in Las Vegas. And it was pretty staggering at times. But Rich painted the picture, and luckily... The uh, picture got better and better and better, and I'm sure that Vegas is back to full tilt boogie, which means we have with us now the boogeyman himself. Get down tonight. Rich Ng, how you doing? Hey, thanks for the introduction, John. Yeah, we're back to uh, about 100% capacity here in Las Vegas, and, uh, you know, it's hot. The temperature is usually 110, 112, so, uh, you know, it's pretty toasty, but... Uh, in the casinos, it's going to be 72 degrees and uh, and beautifully air-conditioned. And the drinks, uh, if you're gambling, John, they're still free. There you go. Just, just, you know, while the drinks aren't free, but it's 72 degrees someplace at a racetrack near you or an OTB parlor. So there's no reason not to join us, uh, you know, uh, in, in – handicapping and enjoying uh, watching the date, the races. we got some great races on tap. But before we get there, I, I love talking to Rich about just, you know, racing in general. And he's, he's a great observer of the sport. Now, we got a lot of different things. I've had, uh, you know, different professionals come on and tell us. But I know you always kind of look at the betting aspect. And a couple of weeks ago, we have Dave Basser from the HBPA on. And uh, he addressed uh, – 
what could be the future for us, and that's fixed odds wagering, which has already been happening in Europe. And another thing's uh, reared its very happy head, and that is, shall I say, the loose change breakage we have. Put it in perspective for me, Rich. Yeah, I'm, I've been a big uh, follower of these new legislation in Kentucky to have uh, basically penny breakage. And, uh, you know, for folks who aren't that familiar with how breakage works, in most states it's dime breakage so that the payoffs are like 220, 240, 260. Uh, there's a couple of jurisdictions that have nickel breakage, like uh, the New York Racing Association and Woodbine. So you'll get prices like uh, 230, 250, you know, 270 because it's down to a nickel. But uh, Kentucky actually went back to the future because in the old days, there used to be penny breakage. If you take a look at some old pictures or tote boards going back into the 40s and 50s. But uh, they just started uh, uh, at uh, Ellis Park. It's going to be the whole Kentucky circuit. And I just love seeing prices like $2.67. And, uh, you know, what this means to horse players is you get more money back in your pocket. Because, you know, just think in terms of, uh, say, a price that pays uh, $2.40. Well, on dime breakage, that's, that thing might have paid as much as $2.59 but got rounded down. So, you know, that $0.19 cents went to somebody else's pocket and not yours. So I'm just a huge fan of uh, this new legislation. It's great, Rich. You know, I think about this change jar I have in my room here. And... <laughs> You know, we come in at the end of a shift and you reach in your pockets and you pour it in. And before you know it, you know, you got enough for a night out. It, it, it adds up. And let me tell you, you know, not everybody's a two dollar better. So for the guys betting, you know, larger wagers, this is going to add up. Could be a free racing form, could be a date, the bar, whatever. I think it's great, too. There's no, no doubt about it. Now, um, I usually tap you for the races from the west coast and i was thinking oh they're not racing out there now and then all of a sudden you idiot i started doing some more reading it's like wait a second del mar is opening up on friday of course the oceanside track is is opening up with a race called the oceanside uh it's a hundred thousand dollars but rich this is interesting these look like horses that maybe back six months ago they're Owners had derby dreams and decided, you know, I got a good horse here, but he's better on the grass than he is on the dirt. And this brings together a real interesting group. I mean, McKinnon was always better on the turf, and I really think that he's back to where he belongs. He'll, he'll break from the inside. He's not a fast horse, so it shouldn't really matter. Uh, obviously, extremely well-bred son. He's by, he's by American Pharaoh. But... Don't put a ring around him yet, because uh, even though he ran third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf last year, you got this Bell Nickelhoff, if I'm saying that correctly, the Irish bred. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Phil D'Amato tried blinkers on last time. That turned out to be a bad experience. And then you just got these mystery horses. You got Dandy Warhol making its second lifetime start, first career debut in North America, and won like a good thing in a 14-horse field in its only race, and then far outside, what the heck is Florent Giroud doing there, riding for John Sadler? As I understand, I think Giroud's going to call this his home now, isn't he, Rich? Yeah, I, I saw an announcement on Twitter uh, between uh, Doug Bradar and uh, Florent Giroud that uh, they're going to ride the meet at Del Mar, and uh, I think they're going to do really well because 
you know, with uh, Flavion Pratt uh, leaving for New York a, a couple of months ago, uh, a lot of those horses have been going to other jockeys, but there's been no dominant jockey, so to speak, in the colony. And uh, I think this is an interesting time to try California, not that not that Doug Bradar and uh, Florence Rue are, are looking to ride year-round there because most of their clients are actually Kentucky clients, uh, like the Brad Coxes of the world. But uh, this is a, I think they could make hay this summer at Del Mar. I think this is a good move. It's going to be interesting. I'm sure mainstays like Mike Smith don't welcome it too much because uh, the new kids <laughs> are in town and, and they're looking awful good. Well, I, I know I, that uh, they just put the past performances out a little while ago. Did, did you get a, a chance to glance? Uh, you know, did something catch your eye besides McKinnon and Bell Nickelhoff, uh, the two that I pointed out? And then, you know, those two mystery horses, God only knows you might get some big odds. They sure aren't shying away from the starting gate out there, Rich. Yeah, it's a nice bulky field. I know in, in past years uh, it's been running split divisions, and they came close to, to a split division. They probably needed 16 to draw in instead of 14. They might have gone two eights. But, uh, you know, McKinnon is certainly the horse to beat. Uh, I know from my handicapping uh, uh, angles and things that I like to do, uh, two-turn miles, I love the rail draw because uh, usually there's a short run into the first turn and the jockey, if he's trying to save ground, well, he's right on the rail already going into that short run. So uh, it really helps. But uh, McKinnon, as you said, didn't have, does not have a lot of speed, but he's got a lot of talent. And he's named after the hockey player, Nathan McKinnon, the Colorado Rockies, ah. that, just, that just won the Stanley Cup. So I'm sure I, I would guarantee, John, that Nathan McKinnon will be at Del Mar to watch his namesake run. But as far as a, maybe a, a price horse that the, you did not mention, but kind of jumped off the page at me is the number six, Castle Leo. I, yes, uh, I have a check by him, but I figured I got to stop talking sooner or later. Go ahead. Tell me what you saw about him. <laughs> well, you know, this is part of the ship and wind uh, program that Delmar and also Santa Anita is going to do it when they go back to uh, San Anita for the fall. But uh, these horses shipping in from out of state will get uh, – a lot of extra money if they can uh, perform well. And uh, it's really lucrative for uh, out-of-state horses to come in. And Castle Loesch uh, is Wesley Ward, uh, pretty well-known. He's, he's had a lot of success all over the country, all over the world, in fact, because he goes Love to it. Ascot and wins races. But uh, this is an interesting shipper in uh, getting Mike Smith. I tell you what, at 8-1, if he goes off at 8-1, to one, he's going to be on all my tickets, John. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are fans of American Pharaoh, and here's another uh, son of his. You know, Rich, it's kind of neat. We saw uh, just Cindy win the Schuylerville at Saratoga last week, mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the first stakes winner for Justify. And I, I really think it's kind of neat that, you know, sometimes we hold these horses up almost beyond what they're capable of doing um, to see that both American Pharaoh and Justify apparently are off to really good starts as stallions. Well, you know, one thing that was almost guaranteed is because they're both triple crown champions was their book of mares was going to be top notch best in America. And, uh, you know, the, the breeders are kind of impatient. They want to see instant results in the first crop, second crop, third crop, and um, they are performing. So uh, thankfully, we're not going to see them shipped off to South America or Korea or something. They're doing pretty well here in the United States of America. Well, uh, you know, uh, sh shifting our eyes for a minute uh, over towards uh, the East Coast, uh, Monmouth Park, uh, 
I'm guessing they're probably going to have some of the heat we're going to have. Doesn't really affect uh, the, the Haskell stakes. Now, they do have a fantastic supporting card on Saturday. Uh, I already announced the races at the top, of course, headed up by the mm-hmm. great one United Nations. It's got a really classy field. But uh, this one, it, you know, it, 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 all right, this is the way I see it. You got the two headliners. You got Taba and Jack Christopher. But then you got those little sneaky horses like Cyberknife and uh, Benavengo and White Aberario. One of those horses could all of a sudden say, hey, I'm ready for my biggest day now. And, you know, pinch one of the top twos. But I really think it does come down. I want to know more what I want to see what Tava's got. Yeah, Taba had a big win in the Sandy the Derby in his second career start and in his first start around two turns. And he had a tough time in the Kentucky Derby. That was just such a, a huge ask. You know, if you're a handicapper, I would draw a line through that. And you got Bob Baffert back training again with Taba. But uh, the horse that uh, I've been following all year and I'm a huge fan of is the seven, Jack Christopher. And, yes. you know, John, I'm one of the voters in the NTRA for three year olds and horse of the year. And, uh, even though Jack Christopher did not run in the Triple Crown, he was always like right near the top of my votes for top three-year-old. And after the Triple Crown races were over, I put him right on top. I, I believe uh, at the end of the year, I'll make a prediction that this horse is going to be the Eclipse Award three-year-old champion. So uh, I'm a big fan Whoa. of Jack Christopher. But but for him to win the Eclipse Award, he's got to win a race like this. He can't run second. He can't run third. He has to win a race like this to uh, to get to the top of the mountain. Rich Ng, you're a man I respect very much. Uh, those are bold words to say. Should he win this race, you would think that he is the top nominee for three-year-old champion. That says a lot in your belief. But I have to admit, uh, nobody knows this. You and I were talking, I think, uh, off mic uh, months ago, and we're going – Who's that really good horse that Chad Brown's got? I haven't seen him yet. Well, all of a sudden we got to see him, didn't we? I know. The thing is, Chad Brown has gotten a lot of attention with uh, early voting, uh, winning the Preakness and the Zandon. And, uh, but I always felt that Jack Christopher was his best three-year-old in the barn, and uh, hopefully he proves it on Saturday, at least, at least where my betting dollars are going to be. Well, I've had a chance to see him in person, and I don't know if I just happen to see him on his best day all the time, but he is one striking individual. You've watched him run. Uh, He's got Mm -hmm. that inherent sheer speed uh, that is just so dangerous. The big looming question mark is distance. I know he's never gone two turns, but if you look at the development that he's done this year, um, Chad Brown was really patient with him. Obviously, he, he was behind schedule, so he couldn't make the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont. But he ran in the Pat Day Mile, which I believe was on Derby Day, and uh, he won that race pretty easily at a one-turn mile. And then he chose the Woody Stevens as the prep for this, and not a two-turn race, and he just obliterated that field at seven furlong. So, uh, you know, Chad Brown obviously knows a lot more uh, about horses and training than you and I will ever figure out. So uh, I would never question his choice of uh, races and management for prepping this horse to go two turns. So in Chad Brown, we trust. 
Yeah, I mean, people slam him for his success, you know, just because he does his, this amazing touch that I believe he inherited from his mentor, Bobby Frankel. He does have yes. this beautiful touch with turf horses, but that doesn't mean he throw out the training book. Oh, this horse got to run on dirt. Hell yeah, he knows what a good horse <laughs> needs, and he knows what best surface they are. He's done a marvelous job. Well, uh, Rich, I uh, just want to tell people out there, say, you know, I like listening to that Rich Ang. Him and John get along great. Sounds like he's obviously much smarter than John. How do I get a hold of him? Well, first of all, they can kind of talk to you on a regular basis if they wanted to, because you got your Twitter handle. Last I looked, it was at Rich Ang, the number four, and the words ProPick, and uh, then you can go to Rich Ang on Facebook and see his pretty face. Uh, also, if you just want to know more about, you know, who Rich likes and stuff uh, about the racing action, I, I think I told you at the top of the show and I got to go, but it's www.racedaylasvegas.com, and you, you'll see uh, Rich's most current thoughts on uh, the racing scene for the current time. Well, Rich, my producer's telling me I got to get out of here, which I never like to hear when I'm talking to you, but I know we will be in touch down the road. Best of luck to you, my friend. I'll leave you with two more words. Jack Christopher. All right. You heard it from uh, the veteran horse player's mouth, Rich Ng. Jack Christopher put a ring around him. I'm sure the Taba fans will have something to say about that. Well, as I told you at the top of the show, if you had a chance to read the headlines this week, uh, you're going to read about Gunrunner to cover mares on Southern Hemisphere time. Immediately, the concern went up. Don't tell me they're going to be shipping them down and back. That can't be good. Nope. Three Chimneys is smarter than that. And we're going to have one of the smartest guys in the business, Tom Ham, talking to us about the uh, scheduling of one of the world's greatest thoroughbreds and this new twist of covering the Southern Hemisphere mares on his time. We'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Hey guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with betus.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. 
But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We are come up with some excellent plays every week and the results are right there so come on over to winningponies.com get your easy win forms and then get your action down at betus.com have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. Thanks very much to Rich Ng from Las Vegas to join us. And now uh, from the Lexington, Kentucky area, a gentleman that's been on before for different subjects. Um, I had him when he was working with other farms, and now he's he's at the esteemed Three Chimneys uh, that has uh, a fantastic uh, stallion roster uh, of, of their own right. But let's face it. When you go to the top of the class, in addition to uh, Fantastic, Palace Malice, Sharp Azteca, Sky Mesa, Volatile, and Will Take Charge, you see the name Gunrunner, and he is single-handedly kind of being uh, what appears to be, Tom, a breed-shaping stallion. You've got to be, A, so happy, and quite frankly, you've watched a lot of careers of stallions in your day. When's the last time you saw one take off with this much of a kickstart? Uh, Tom Ham, welcome to Winning Ponies again. Um, you know, I can't say that I've ever seen one start out like this, and I've had people who have a lot more experience and years in the business than me that have told me the same thing. So, you know, obviously we're very blessed and excited to have a Stein like that. Um, you know, it's uh, you know he beat Uncle Mo's uh, freshman sire earnings and. And, uh, you know, he's been on, he's off to a start that, you know, most of us haven't seen. So we're, we're very excited to have him. It really is. And, um, obviously I, I think he's only got two crops at the races now. And so I, I think we're going to see a lot more potential as far as ability to sire, uh, turf horses, uh, horses that, you know, prefer different distances. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to have any one kind of typeset, does he, Tom? No, you, you know, he really doesn't. We thought when he first got started that he may be a, more of a later. Uh... Well, you, you know, Tom, uh, so what, what What I was interested in is a gun runner, as phenomenal of a runner he is, is really showing us that he, he's not one dimensional as a sire. 
No, he's not. You know, like I said, like I was saying, we we didn't expect two-year-olds out of him. Um, you know, not early two-year-olds anyway, and he was able to get early two-year-olds, and they're obviously able to carry that distance, so uh, they're doing really good. I just saw come through my phone the entrance of uh, Cyberknife and Taba in the high school. Um, you know, yeah, Echo Zulu, the two-year-old champion, so very excited about uh, about what he's done so far and, and what's, uh, what lies ahead. I know I, I really will be watching interest because, uh, uh, you know, I have a special interest in Taba because I know, you know, the breeder, uh, Bruce Ryan, uh, as well as I do from uh, your years of experience uh, on the Ohio circuit. So I've, I've always been a big fan of this horse. He's almost freak like, but yeah, you can always put a line through the Kentucky Derby. And if you do that with this horse, uh, he's going to be dangerous, but you know, Jack Christopher is not one you can just kind of throw out. So, but anyhow, I digress. We won't start handicapping the Haskell, but yeah, it is. It, it's kind of exciting to all of a sudden see these gun runners just popping up everywhere. Where where will they be next? Now, what's it like for you, Tom? I, I are you? I, I'm guessing you're one of the first phone calls, or the phone call gets sent to you when I call you up and say. Hey, I got a grade two stakes winning mare that I want to get to gun runner. Where can you put me in line? What's the process from there? Cause I'm sure just because I have a horse that showed some excitement on the track, she may not have a pedigree that you or someone at three chimneys determines doesn't fit the uh, bloodlines of gun runner to have a successful runner. Well, you know, um, I am one of the first phone calls, obviously, but uh, I have uh, someone who works with me, Rebecca Nicholson. She'll take calls as well. We have a team that will evaluate the mayor's race record, um, her style of running, and then obviously her pedigree as well, and how that matches with what's been successful with Gunrunner so far. You know, obviously the Stormcat line, the Tappet line has been very successful with him. So we put special emphasis on that. Mares that had early speed seem to be working. So those are the things we kind of look for. And then we have a team that goes through, and, you know, we we do get a lot of submissions, obviously, with his success. So we have to, you know, go through a lot of pedigrees and a lot of submissions to, uh, to figure out, you know, what mares work best and what we're looking for. But that's kind of the process. Now, uh, does Three Chimneys have a number like 150 that they feel is uh, enough for Stallion to cover? Or if all of a sudden towards the end of the season you find out there's a special mayor that's determined she's not going to race and wants to come to him, that you, you would extend that number? I'm sorry, I lost you there for one second. Say that again, John. Oh, Do you cap his number of mares just for his health purposes? Well, you know, fortunately for us with uh, – Gunrunner being as popular as he is, he is an excellent breeder. He does really good at his job. He's very fertile. And, um, you know, we don't have a set number in mind, but obviously we don't want to overwork the stein, so we try to do what's best for him and, and what uh, is best for us as well. But um, fortunately, he's a very good breeder, and he gets the vast majority of his mares in full um, fairly easy. Now, uh, Tom, I think I think I, I, I told you you know when i first read the headline i'm like oh no i maybe it's just a personal thing with me but 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 i i have seen over the years stallions that i believe would have had more longevity had, had they stayed in north america versus the back and forth the back and forth the the, the 12 months of breeding uh, from what i'm reading between the lines with what three chimneys going to do uh with the southern hemisphere time is a number one most importantly they're coming to him 
and he's not shipping down there. That had to be a huge decision for the farm. Yeah, that's correct. He's not shipping anywhere. The mares will breed at our farm, Southern Hemisphere time. He will not be going um, anywhere off of Three Chimneys, and he will have a very limited book of Southern Hemisphere mares. We're going to be, uh, you know, pretty particular on the mares we take, but we are uh, we are going to breed him Southern Hemisphere time. But he will not be leaving Three Chimneys. Now, when we say Southern Hemisphere, are we talking specifically South America, or now can you also include uh, the Australian nations? You know, I think the majority of them are going to be South American mares. We'll see as they're submitted, but I think that's kind of where we're going to be. So, you know, I almost think it would, it's healthy, you know, as long as he's not doing, you know, three and four a day during the summer, that at least he gets to continue his career. I always thought that was kind of frustrating, you know. Uh, when is it, July 1st that you close the stallion barns? Yeah, July 4th is when we shut down our um, stallion barn for our northern hemisphere, um, and we usually don't take any after that. Basically, uh, like like me at a senior dance, uh, he's going to have to go without until uh, many months down the road when in North America they start breeding again in late January. So do you think it's actually better for the animal to maybe give him a few dates during the off season than just cut him off cold till the next year? Yeah, you know, I think especially with a good breeding stallion like him, I think it is. I think uh, he handles it very well, obviously, and I think, uh, you know, probably helps keep him uh, in a better state of mind. So I, I don't think it hurts him. And with the limited book, um, you know, he's not going to be overused, I don't believe. So I think it's fine for him. Uh, now, I, I have to wonder, Tom, you, you're the guy that uh, the buck stops here. What's it like? Uh, for the rare occasion, I'm guessing, that you have to call somebody up and say, uh, your mare just isn't going to make it to Gunrunner this year. Is that a tough system? Well, you know, they're, they're typically submitted by the breeders, and then I usually tell them within, you know, a very few short days whether their mare is going to be accepted or not. And, you know, most of the breeders understand, especially with the Stein, uh, it's as popular as he is. You know, I could go through the list of Uncle Mo and, and – uh, um, those kind of horses, but, um, you know, I think they understand some of them, you know, maybe a little disappointed, but, you know, we have to do what's best for the Stein and it's hard to get Steins like that. So when you ha- get them, you have to manage them correctly, you know? So, uh, how does three chimneys, I mean, you've got a lot of valuable horse flesh there, uh, uh foremost on so, so many people's mind this week is this uh, deafening hot weather. What is it you do to keep your prized uh, uh, animals uh, safe and secure in this hot weather? Obviously, uh, to some extent, you still want to give them exercise, but obviously you don't want them out in the heat. Uh, do they get turned out at night or do they get, uh, you know, interval baths? Uh, help me out here. You know, Sandy Hatfield's our stein manager. She has been for many years and she's one of the best in the business and she's in charge of that you know when there's storms uh, she'll keep them up she'll alter their turnout schedule based on temperature and, and weather and that kind of stuff and she does a great job with them and when it's super hot you know I'm, I'm sure she manages them the way she sees fit but um you know she's in charge of that and we don't interrupt what she does she has as much experience as anybody in the business managing stallions and good stallions so uh we kind of leave that up to sandy but she does a great job and they're always in the best uh, flesh and the best condition that they could possibly be in. Uh, so now 
three chimneys. Your other stallions. I mean, I can make a case for every single one of them. Uh, but but Gunrunner. Uh, d- does he also have a large fan base? I know you guys are part of the Kentucky tour system. I mean, what if one of our listeners say, God, I fell in love with him. He was horse of the year. Now he might be stallion of the year. I want to see him. Uh, can people sign up for the Kentucky tours? Is there a chance to observe him at some point? Yeah. You know, for the typical fan, um, that's not a breeder. They can, they can, uh, go to horse country. Um, and they do the tours and, and they take care of like the fan tours and that kind of stuff. And they'll schedule them for us They do them a couple of times a year. And that would be the best opportunity for just the fan to come see him. Obviously the breeders, we try to make them as accessible as possible, uh, based on his schedule and, and what's going on with him. But, um, that's kind of how we do it. Now, uh, what is gun runner like to be around? You're right there on the farm. You know, he is a, uh, and, you know, it's kind of a whole cliche, but he's all class. I mean, he's as laid back as they come. And he, uh, he when he's in his stall, he's typically taking it easy and resting. And when he's working, he's, uh, you know, he's good at what he does. And he's just a class horse to be around. I've, I've walked out many times, seen him in the paddock, seen him in his stall. And, and he's, uh, he's a very classy horse that's uh, very easy to manage, really. Now, Tom, I, 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 I've known you for uh, – Decades, actually, I can use that word. Uh, going back to when uh, you were uh, on the training route there in uh, beautiful Ohio, and then I talked to you a couple years down the road when you were uh, uh, prepping horses for TaylorMade Farm uh, to get ready to go to the sales, and now you've uh, you've stepped in into this position, Tom Ham. It seems like you've had an amazingly perfect stepping stone to career to get you to where you are now you know i've been i've been fortunate i trained with my brother as you mentioned back in the early 90s to 2006 and uh gained a lot of experience through that and uh learned a lot there and was able to move to lexington and work at TaylorMade and work my way up to their farm manager and then um you know ended up here at three chimneys uh you know big thanks goes out to doug Koff and the vice chairman and call it Tori Alba, um, the owner of Three Chimneys. They gave me the opportunity to come work for them, and it's been really good. They, uh, you know, they're easy to work for, and let me do my job. But it's been uh, it's been great, and I'm very fortunate uh, not only to have the job I have, but to have a stallion like Gunrunner to, uh, to help manage. Now, now back in you know some of your earlier career positions, you were real hands on uh, with the horses. Now uh, you, you you know you're. you're kind of doing more, shall I say, office work in the very important job of booking one of the greatest stallions in the world right now. Um, is, is it hard for you not to be hands-on anymore? Or are you just saying, no, at this point in time, this is the best role for me in my career? No, you know, it, it is. It's tough. It's a, it's an adjustment to uh, to be confined to an office and, and not be as hands-on as I have been in the past. But uh, also, it's a... Uh, it's a um, it's a very good spot to be in. Um, you know, I get to get out and I look at a lot of horses, look at a lot of the progeny going into the sales and, and all the uh, new offspring of our new stallions and, and even Gunrunner, obviously. So I do get to get out and be around the horses, but not quite as much as I did before. But it's a it was a adjustment, but you know, I, it's a it's a very good adjustment to have to make, and I'm I'm very happy where I'm at right now. Well, I guess you can always go out and pet a horse if you wanted to uh, get your hands on. Now, uh, I thought I read now, uh, 
doesn't Three Chimneys have experience with some uh, Southern Hemisphere breeding with Will Take Charge, or did I read that not correctly? Yeah, no, he does. He he uh, he actually commutes uh, to uh, Uruguay in Southern Hemisphere time. He does some breeding there as well. So, yeah, we do have a little bit of experience with that. And uh, so, yeah, so we do do that. And, and Tom, tell me, so how has he held up uh, w- with the physical change? Because I, I just feel, you know, all of a sudden a horse is going to a new atmosphere, slightly new feed, uh, a, a new person handling him. Uh, and as you know, cr- these are real creatures of habit. Um, what, what's it like? Does it seem to have any kind of effect? Do you get to see Will take charge when he comes back? Uh, uh, is the temperature different where their hair is grown or not grown from where they are? You, you educate me. <laughs> no, you know, he, he seems to manage it very well. I'm sure it's, each horse is different, but he seems to manage it very well. He always comes back in great condition and we've been happy with, uh, with the way he's returned and, and he handles it well. And if he didn't, we probably, uh, you know, would do something different, but he's handled it very well to this point. So, so we're pleased with, uh, how he's always returned to us. That's great. He's a striking, uh, animal, a really, uh, a, a, a good looking horse. I remember, I do believe he's under the care of D Wayne Lucas, uh, back in the day. And he'd be grazing him out behind the back barn there at Churchill Downs and made, made quite a picture of himself. And I know his female family, and, uh, you know, I just think he's the best bargain in the business myself because I just don't have the loose change around to get to gun runner. So I'm going to have to put that on the, uh, <laughs> the, the back burner yeah, that, there. That makes a couple of us. <laughs> well, um, but I'll, yeah, no, he, he's a, he's a striking, uh, Stein to look at. He's, he's very well mannered just as gun runner is and a great horse to be around and, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want a good racehorse, I think he's great value for his money. Now, uh, I guess this isn't your role and certainly not the place to announce it, but um, how active are is your staff or three chimneys as a whole at, at looking out over each crop, wondering if uh, there's another Sky Mesa out there, a Palace Malice, you know, like – how do they do their shopping for the next tier of stallions? Cause you always come up with horses that seem to have a lot of qualities that breeders could pick from. You know, we're as a team, we're all very active. Uh, everybody within our organization is always looking for the next time, you know, looking for one that we think uh, could be successful in the breeding shed as they were on the track. And, uh, you know, we do it. It's a group effort and a team effort. And uh, we're always looking at each and every horse that's on the track and, looks like they could be the next dine and, you know, evaluating them and trying to see uh, what we can do to try to get them at our breeding shed uh, if possible, you know. Well, Tom, now the Three Chimneys is going to keep you busy booking mares during what was kind of a downtime. Is this cutting into uh, Tom's Ham uh, summer vacation to Saratoga or anything? Or uh, <laughs> Well, I, I'm going to Saratoga, John. I can't say it's going to be a vacation, but I am going uh, – I'll be looking at horses uh, by our uh, stallions, our progeny, as well as, you know, trying to help three chimneys look at horses to possibly purchase, uh, you know, for our racing stable. So I'll be doing a little bit of both. I, I wouldn't call it a vacation, but as you know, I don't think anybody in the horse business dislikes going to Saratoga. <laughs> so. No, or, or dislikes going to the racetrack for the most part. You know, the old saying is, you know. Uh, if you don't want to have to work your whole life, find a good job in racing and you'll enjoy going to work every day. 
That's right. You know, like the old uh, adage is, it's a uh, tough job, but somebody's got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tom, listen, thanks a million. Uh, I love having you on. It's always good to hear your voice again. I'm sure I'll see you in the fall. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Tom's uh, nephew is the starting quarterback for the University of Dayton Flyers. Uh, This kid had uh, perhaps a record setting um, statistics coming out of high school. I think he only lost three games his whole career and they won three state championships. Uh, So, uh, and I remember when he was, taking pony rides at, at river downs and <laughs> that would be your nephew shane ham if i'm saying that correctly yeah. cowboy shane yeah. no he we're uh, we're very proud of him he's uh he's been very successful he's a hard worker he deserves everything he gets and uh he did he was uh 50 and 3 as a high school starter with three state championships and to my knowledge the winning as high school quarterback in our nation last i heard now that could have changed but that's the the last I'd heard based on wins and losses. I did too. I heard that stat. It's pretty amazing. So I look forward to, uh, you know, spend a little time with you. Well, popcorn and a Coke over there at welcome stadium, uh, off, uh, Edwin Moses Boulevard there in Dayton, Ohio. So, well, you you know, you can find me there, John, I'll be there. (laughs) Uh, you're easy to find. It ain't the biggest stadium in the world. Tom Ham, listen, I'll let you go. Uh, I'm glad you're going to be able to squeeze some time in at Saratoga, even though you call it quote work. Uh, but, uh, three chimneys, fantastic job. You're so important to the team. That's really interesting news and how you're going to handle this whole Southern Hemisphere uh, book of mares. But I I wish you nothing but the best and look forward to seeing your smiling face in person, Tom. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Tom Ham from Three Chimneys Farm was with us. Uh, boy, gun runner, man, they're winning everywhere in the U S and now they're going to be winning a lot down in South America. So you want to keep an eye out for the success of, uh, gun runner. Also, anytime you hear the word rich Ng, start to listen. Cause rich knows what he's talking about. Laws race day, Las Vegas.com. That's how you can go ahead and see what Rich is doing. So I want to thank both of those gentlemen. I want to thank you. And most of all, I want to tell you a busy weekend at Haskell. Check it out. Six graded stakes races on tap. You want to get those easy win forms to get those easy wins from us at winning ponies. Thanks for listening and join us next week. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.